What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raised Geek Podcast, where geek is all we speak. We have a packed show this week, including MCU teasing Phase 4, Jupiter's Legacy's first episodes, and of course, all that we're geeking out on this week. And by we, I mean Chris. And I'm. Let's go. Alright, welcome back everybody. Another great episode of Raise the Geek Podcast. Don, man, another Saturday out cutting the grass. How's it going, man? Chris, what is happening today? Yes, you are right. Spent the early portion of today tending to the lawn, cutting the grass. It's been a couple weeks. Grass was getting a little long there. And uh, I don't know about you, but there's just something about tending to your lawn and uh your property that just has a good cathartic feeling to it like it it's it's work but it's work and at the same time it's like relaxation at the same time it's hard to explain and uh you know when we were younger you see your dad out there cutting the lawn or whoever cuts the lawn and they're just like uh uh looking at everything and taking it all in afterwards and you don't understand it as a kid but now that we're adults we understand like when you when you finally get that yard looking the way you want it to you just got to stand there and look it over for a while and be like i did this it's like uh it's like castaway like i have made fire like i have cut lawn when you find yourself because i cut mine earlier this week because we had flooding rains going on for like a week so all of a sudden i had four foot tall weeds in my front yard and i got my poor neighbor across the street trying to sell a house my neighbor next door who's meticulous so i'm like i need to do this and i kept finding myself throughout the day just walking to the window and just looking out in the front yard (laughs) yeah and then like i'd go into the kitchen for something i'd look out on i'd step out on the back porch with the dog and just look around and go man looks good out here it looks good (laughs) yeah those those lines are looking tight but yeah like yeah you do you look out the window multiple times per day and just like yeah there it is i didn't i didn't forget about it just reminded myself i did it so yeah other people come over and you're like look at that yard man looks good right Right. what do you think about that yard you didn't you didn't notice all that hard work i did out there and then like if your neighbor cut the grass earlier than you like maybe the week before whenever and there's as long you're just like in your mind like ha mine's better mine's better than yours for now for now for now (laughs) give it a week man i'm super pumped i somehow this week and for whatever reason scored an xbox series s oh nice they're still available at gamestop for different bundles so i don't like shopping at gamestop most of the time but they've been the savior for this new console generation with their little bundles to try to get more money but it's all stuff i was gonna buy anyway so whatever a little bit more money but a series s so it's the smaller just digital only basically a game pass box so that's what i'm gonna use it as and just kind of beat it into the ground like i did my xbox one (laughs) so to be clear now you have the playstation 5 the xbox series x x or s s s xbox series s and you also have a nintendo switch so you're all up to date on all the new generation systems and you've always been that guy who 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 does that and i i admire that about you man you're a you're a man who uh wants to experience every video game offering that is out there and it's what you've done over the past few generations so cheers to you on that man i dude i have a wii u sitting here (laughs) yeah i have like four games for it it just was not what it was but it's still i bought it just i don't know mario kart gets me every time 
Oh yeah, that's gonna do it. Mario Kart. They come out with one for every every Nintendo has a Mario Kart, and that's like the game that probably pulls a lot of people. Like, I gotta get the Nintendo. Mario Kart still charts. Like it's yeah. within the top ten games every month sold. So I don't know how everyone who I don't know why this game everyone should own this game by now. It's been out for years. Yeah. <laughs> So even for the Switch, it's already three years old. Plus, it's the same version that came out on the Wii U. Why this game still charts and sells that much? It's like Grand Theft Auto V. Why is that game chart every month? Why is that one of? Why do people keep buying that game? Because you think everyone who wants it would already have it. The only thing I can think of is like Nintendo Switch is still selling units to this day. Like no matter how long that system's been out, I know it's been a few years now, but like there's, they're still selling new units all the time. So when they are, I'm sure people are like, well, the game I got to have is Mario Kart. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh yeah. And hopefully when they decide to announce their super switch or whatever they want to call it, which is rumored to drop this year, um, they give me a new Mario Kart. So then I'll have to buy that too. <laughs> You'll be first in line. First in line, first in line. We'll see. But this was the first time I bought consoles and had them delivered, shipped to my house, which was an interesting experience. Of I've never had anything worth that much money just dropped at my front door, just casually. Just here you go. Yeah, it's it's scary when the PlayStation Five came to my house via mail in the little deal we worked out together. Yeah. I was scared that whole day, like nervous, like I'm trusting the. UPS or Amazon or or FedEx or whoever brought it to like handle this thing delicately like that's a lot of money you better be careful with that thing how do you think I felt I was the one that packed it (laughs) shipped it and had to get it over to you and I'm just sitting there like oh my god if this thing goes south I you know this is a bunch of money we got to figure out what we're doing with yeah how this is going and that was kind of a whole other nerve I was I was checking that tracking like minute by minute I'm sitting there like where's it going where is it please I want I want that text from Don that says I got it it looks good cool and then i could like ah stress stress was gone stress was gone well maybe next week i'll have some more impressions on the xbox series s and i'll find out if i regret my purchase or not but i think we got to jump on because we got tons of stuff to talk about this week so let's first hit up the business as of course all of you guys know right now head on over to our twitter i spaced out for a second head on (laughs) over to our twitter raise the geek Followers are rising by the minute. So thank you guys all for joining and hitting us with a follow. Hit us with that like. Make sure you also go to your favorite podcast service. Subscribe to the show. Give us a review. We're looking for five stars. Leave a comment and we'll read it here on the show and give you a shout out. So thank you so much for all of that. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, want to join a conversation, hit us over at raisedageek at gmail.com. We'll definitely uh, love to hear what you'd like to hear us talk about and just any questions, comments, concerns, we'd love to hear it. So definitely head on over there. Speaking of shout outs, Don and I wanted to do a shout out this week with the Mass Debaters podcast. Definitely go check them out. They just dropped a new episode yesterday um, about their trip, most recent trip to Vegas. So they just did this giant, massive trip out there to Vegas, getting away from quarantine and they were traveling from all over the country go to Vegas, check out their podcast. It was a good time. I was laughing out loud quite a few times. And you'll also find out why Uber sucks dick in Las Vegas. So I'm, I'm interested to know, very interested to know. Shout out to Mass Debaters. They've been showing us some love over on Twitter and uh, listening to our shows. So, you know, we're returning the favor and we love, we love listening to new stuff that interests us. So go check them out, guys. Good stuff. Link will be down in the description. 
But Don, we had some coming attractions this week. We had some new trailers drop. So let's talk about the trailers that we saw. And unfortunately, this week wasn't super exciting, kind of. But we're going to hit with the lamest, which was Stranger Things Season 4 trailer dropped. And it did say teaser, and that's pretty much what it was. It was just some kids in a room playing on stuff. Apparently, there were hidden Easter eggs and things on the wall and numbers that you need, that meant something. And then they went and followed some dude in a bad wig into a room. And then they went down the hall, and they hit a doorway that said 11. And then they showed that girl's eyes, and then it was like Stranger Things. And it yeah. ended. Uh, so... What'd you think of that teaser? Stranger Things season four, where are you at with your excitement come that show? Well, when I did look it up uh, online, cause I had missed the news. You're the one who informed me about it. I was expecting when it said Stranger Things trailer, I was expecting something more than that, I guess. Um, but that's what they had for us. Just a, like you said, it's not a trailer. It's a quick tease trailer. Trailer's not the word. It's like a quick tease. Um, I don't know. I didn't get much from it. Um, Stranger Things is on my list of things that I'm going to watch because we, like you probably, I've watched every episode up until now. Uh, I may not be as high on that show as some, but I do always find it entertaining. I do watch, I do watch them all. Uh, seasons one, two, and three, they've done three seasons, right? This will be the fourth. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't understand from this teaser if if that was at first I was wondering is this going back into the past when like 11 was originally being experimented on or is this a, like a present what's happening with her now? It's hard to say because one it's been a while since season 3 so I don't even really remember what's going on. I think the David Harbour's character and I can't even remember the character name right now but the actor David Harbour, the sheriff guy, he like we thought he died or disappeared, right? Yeah, they did like some big power explosion and he disappeared, which they were yeah. like, oh, so that means he died. But then they teased that he still existed in like the post credits. So they didn't even really leave it as a cliffhanger. They pretty much immediately right. were like, he's still alive. Yeah, so I, I always just assumed in my mind season four would be like the search for him. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. This trailer doesn't, teaser doesn't do much for my... It, furthering my interest level i was gonna watch stranger things for anyway but uh i don't know just some pretty basic for right now we'll see what they put out in the future what do you what do you think yeah there wasn't much in it obviously i don't remember i didn't i didn't i didn't fully enjoy seasons two or three season one was great it was it was perfect time capsule of what they tried to do they mimicked the 80s kind of kid horror goonies type vibe um, just kind of knocked it out of the park with that first season. And then it always seemed like two and three was just them trying to get that back. And I didn't, I don't know. It was just kind of there. Season three was the weakest, in my opinion. They just had some weird plot devices that they tried to do. Um, I don't like, you know, trying to use character sexuality as a hook or a like swerve. You know, you watch this whole season of these, you know, the guy and the girl trying to like, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? And then she's like, oh, I'm gay. And you're just like, okay, well, what do you, what did you want to accomplish with that? Were you just trying to make me feel like, oh, I should have thought about that? Or, you know, it yeah. just, it seems cheap to me. And so I didn't really appreciate that. 
um, if you, that's a, that's a whole other conversation topic. That yeah. we're get. We already got enough sensitive topics. We're probably going to talk about today. We don't need to dive yeah. into that one, but um, so season four, I mean, my interest level is pretty low. I mean, there's not much they can do. I would, I probably would watch it, but I could easily see myself going. Meh. So it just mm-hmm. kind of depends on how it's received, but this obviously didn't do anything to excite me to want to watch it. Cause it didn't, you know, was a teaser. So it did its job. It teased and hopefully we'll see if it was enough to excite yeah, the, and those kids are all getting older, as you can see. Have you have you seen all of them in like other stuff? Like the, I forget what I just watched with the main kid, not the main kid, but the one who always has been tortured, like in season one and season two, like the Byers kid. I know the last name Byers. Mm-hmm. He like looks like a little gangly teenager now, and they all are getting old. And that was the charm of like the first season was their youth and their age, and like you said, like. Goonies style young kids doing stuff now what am I gonna start like you're all 18 19 years old I don't care about this anymore I like seeing the charm of the young group of kids running around and being kids and solving mysteries so you really got to wonder how much time this show has left anyway I know it's very popular uh so I mean they could do more but it feels like we might be getting close to the end of it so we'll see Netflix notoriously doesn't go much further than four seasons. So I can yeah. easily see, I know this one was supposed to go like seven, but I can't see at this point how they make it to seven. Yeah. They'll, they'll be like 30 years old. I'm not going to care about <laughs> a bunch of 30 year olds still getting haunted by like monsters and stuff. Like I don't get, just get a gun and shoot it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Instead they'll be like, <laughs> my blood pressure is too high. <laughs> right. Uh, the other trailer dropped this week is we did get the long delayed trailer for Quiet Place Part 2. This is a movie that was supposed to come out last year. Big follow up, an unexpected sequel to one of a surprise horror hits where, you know, you can't make any noise. Uh, it's supposed to be a big, big theatrical environment type movie where you want to see it on the biggest screen possible. So they delayed it with the pandemic last year. They've delayed it over a year and it's finally set to come out, I think, in the next few weeks. I remember I think it said May 28th May 28th so yeah Memorial Day weekend so they're set up for this uh so what'd you think of the Quiet Place 2 trailer are you a big fan of the original movie or you know it took me a long time to see the first one and I didn't see it in theaters I just let it kind of pass by even though all the promo and stuff around that movie even back then was like this is a movie you got to see in theaters just because the environment uh the the lack of the lack of sound and then when there is sound you're going to want to be like in a theater with the great sound system and everything and just like the the audio of that movie is almost a character itself uh so i did i missed out on it in the theaters and i saw it at home and unexpectedly did enjoy it more than i thought i would i thought the first one was from what i remember you know a good blend of like zombie scares and just like the tense the tenseness of the movie uh i found myself enjoying so when part two was announced uh i always considered considered myself to be like oh yeah i'll I'll definitely see that one so it being coming out now post-covid uh is one of the first movies to be like a mass release post-covid they put that in the trailer too, only in theaters. Like this yeah. is where you need to go see this movie. Yeah, that's one thing I was gonna say is like this isn't gonna be one that you're gonna be able to see same day in home. Like we've had, you know, with HBO and and Netflix release and stuff like a week after the theater. Like, no, they want you to go see this in theaters. So this is gonna be a test 
for you know how much do people really want to go back to the theater and like is this movie enough to get people back in the way they want it to or is it going to be a fail because people still aren't um ready to go back in the same way i i think it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how that works out uh i myself would consider going to see this in theaters the trailer looks good to me uh john krasinski is still directing right writing and directing almost positive he still wrote and directed it yeah, so he's he's still got his hand in it. If you were a fan of the first one, and uh, Killian Murphy is seems like he's featured in this, and I love that guy. Yeah, loved him ever since Twenty Eight Days Later, and you know uh, all the stuff he's been in. Batman Begins. I liked him as Scarecrow. Um, a bunch of other stuff. So him being in this movie is just another plus for me. Um, I like Emily Blunt. I don't know. It just looks like a good time. So that's where I stand right now. We'll see. We'll see if I do end up seeing this in theaters, but how how about you? What did this theater make you feel like? Yeah, it, I mean, it would looked good, looked intense, looked like it had some good moments. I, I thought the, the first one was well done. Um, I ran into issues with it just from a, sometimes if you're watching a movie and you start thinking what you would do differently, and once I get lost in like, well, I would go do this and kill the monster, you know, like something with having monsters that can only that stalk sound seem to me like they would be really easy to kill because you could tell them where to go by making sound in certain spots. So it's like you just make an explosion over there and then you blow them up. Like it's just always seems to me it was just like that threat just never. I mean, of course, the creatures were scary. If I mean, I don't want to be in a room with them trying to run away but it seems like from like a mass military standpoint i feel like there's something they could do set up some speakers and do something um so i had problems with it i i want to watch it again and go see the second one i enjoyed i mean the the suspense was there um the creatures look cool the story's cool once again i like the the people involved and from in the creative process of this one so i mean i'm down for this one very tempted you know i don't know when we talk about going back to theaters what movie it's going to be it could be anything from, I mean, anything, but my big question comes down to is how many people can actually go to the theater? Like my theaters here are open. Are any of your theaters open? I honestly, to be honest with you, I haven't even really looked too much into it yet because I haven't had the interest to go back yet. So I don't even know how they're operating in locally yet. Yeah. If it's like what the capacity level is, I really have no clue. Yeah, what the capacity level is depends. Our theaters are wide open. Um, They look to be, because I can get the seats, reserve your seats, and now they used to be 50%, so they always had spaces between the seats. Now it's there's no spaces behind behind the seats. They're just open for business. So I've been checking again to see if anything's going to scratch that itch and give me, like, go see this movie. That Jason Statham one just came out this weekend, and I just keep debating, is that the movie I just want to go see on a big screen and go see Jason (laughs) Statham and Guy Ritchie whoop up some people? Yeah. But I'm down for The Quiet Place too. I want to watch the first one again without my annoying brain telling me what's wrong with plot and just enjoy it for what it is. Sometimes you need to see a movie a second time knowing what it is so then you can let yourself yeah. in. The first turn one, your, I'm, you know. Turn your brain you, off a little bit. Yeah, first time you watch it, you're like analyzing, trying to figure it out and stay ahead. And I don't, I don't know how to just watch what they're giving me. I'm always trying to like break it down. Yeah, so I'd love to watch it again, which I probably will. And I don't know. I I don't think it's not an opening weekend thing, but maybe in a week or maybe two weeks, once kind of like people scatter out sitting in a movie theater to see a quiet place too, could be a good time. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I And now that you mentioned, I probably would want to watch the first one again before I saw it anyway. So I may do that myself. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely see. It's, it's coming up quick here, though. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. You'll be here faster <clears throat> than we know it. All right, man. Well, we've we've had a good run here with this show, with our podcast here. We've had some stuff to watch. Um, we've, we've gotten, you know, a whole season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We had a full season of Invincible that ended last week. This was the first week that I first Friday that came about and I didn't know what to watch. No Invincible. So sad. What are we going to fill our shows with? What are we going to talk about? Well, Netflix came. They wanted to be the heroes. So Netflix dropped on Friday, Jupiter's Legacy, which we talked about here on this show before when we saw the original trailer. Um, it's a Mark Miller comic. Uh, who's notoriously known for doing kick-ass and what's the other? Um, Kingsman. Kingsman. Uh, so his newest adaptation, Jupiter's Legacy, hit Netflix. The whole first volume, which is eight episodes, dropped. Don and I did watch the first two um yesterday just to kind of see if this is going to be a show that we're going to stick with or what we're going to do spoilers we are not watching this show again (laughs) (laughs) but don i know you watched you read the whole book so i know you were excited about this one i was coming in just kind of looking at the trailer as i said in the previous episode i wasn't very excited with the way the trailer looked and uh so i my expectations were kind of you know more hesitant for this one but I did, like I said, give the two episodes a watch. Don, I want to—I really want to hear from you because, I, like I said, you read the book, so I know you know a little bit more of this story and what they're trying to do because there's a lot of stuff I don't think I got from watching the first two episodes so far. So, Don, take it away, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you let the cat out of the bag there. We will not be <laughs> continuing oh, no. No. continuing with this show. Man, what a what a... What a disappointment that was. It was uh, a dumpster for, fire, man. Yeah, for me personally, especially enjoying the the comics as much as I did. Um, I mean, I put that comic pretty high on the list of image books I've read, and I found it very entertaining. So, like, seeing this adaptation, like, miss the mark so badly is what's so disappointing. Um, I don't know, man. Just, like, the, the pacing is super slow. Uh, the CGI was very bad. Like I, I'm, I'm trying not to be too harsh, but I'm just being honest. Like the CGI was very bad. Like I put it to the level of a, a CW show or even worse, like especially coming off of us, how much we enjoyed Invincible and Falcon Winter Soldier WandaVision, just like the letdown level um, is, is crazy, man. And, and just uh, the dialogue I didn't like the casting Josh Dumal as the lead uh utopian I mean he's he's just not good at in in this and the uh the wigs and the makeup just like turned me off right from the beginning man like the point of this story is it goes back and forth between uh old and new so back and forth and I know what they were trying to do like by having the same actor do both but they're like in the middle of the ages of both things they're trying to do. So they want them to be old in the present day, but they also want them to be young in like the 1920s, like in their twenties, but these are like 40 year old actors. So they don't look right when they're old and they don't look right when they're supposed to be young. So it's like, it looks bad on both ways. Um, Did did they, was the comic written in the same way where you would like bounce back and forth? No. Okay. I didn't think so. No, because yeah, I was I was totally gonna get to that. The 
they're totally dragging this out, man. Like that's going back to the pacing. They want to make the them getting their powers on this island into this long season long story that they're going to keep going to and like super dragging it out in the comic, like spoilers for those who want to read the comic, but in the comic, they, the island scene where they were getting their powers was in the first issue only and only like a couple pages, only a couple pages. And then we were done and then we were all present day all you know action great art great story everything this is like we're gonna keep going back to this and it's just like i can tell what they're doing superhero shows in general and it was just like superhero movies always have like the long game in mind so i feel like they're setting this show up to be a whole season of like prologue of like introduction because they in their minds are like well in season two and season three and season four we're gonna like really get into this stuff but the show's not good enough to like hold my interest for that long and so i really feel like they would have benefited more from jumping more into the action of the comic like right away like that's the thing that gets me the most beyond everything else is the pacing is bad just like i'm bored i'm i'm just sitting there bored and you know the like I said, feels very CW-ish. The dialogue with the kids is is not great in the comic. The Brandon, the the son, he's more of a um, like loafer, uh, kind of lazy guy. And in this show, they're making him like, well, he only wants daddy's love and and everything. And it just doesn't it doesn't fit right. Just just the whole thing doesn't fit. I don't know. There's no there was no motivations for any character. Like they set up in the beginning, like the only backstory they give you with those kids is that daddy didn't take me for ice cream because he went to go save the world. So then yeah. when, when we jump to the future and the kids are moody teenagers or moody 20 year olds, because I think they're all in their 20s, they're not even teenagers, they're in their 20s at this point, where when you're in your 20s is when you usually realize, hey, most of the time my parents had a reason for the things that they did so they could think, Dad didn't take me for ice cream because, you know, this factory exploded and he had to go save people's lives. So I understand that now. I was mad when I was a kid, but I understand why dad did that. So now the fact that you see them like, well, I have to do all these drugs and I need my daddy's approval because he didn't take me for ice cream because that's the only example they gave us. Now, of course, you're supposed to insinuate he did this repeatedly and he was a deadbeat dad because he was always saving the world, but he wasn't saving his kids. But come on, those kids were completely way too melodramatic for that situation. Yeah, man. it's Or they were too old. You know, it's one thing yeah. if they're 13, 14, and they can still be the world's about me, but those kids are in their 20s, or at least right. they look like they were. I mean, they were drinking openly, so you imagine from a Christian household like they were, that they yeah. that dad wouldn't let them just be drinking. She's going off and being a model, so you figure these people are 23, 24, that's too old to still be that upset. Yeah, and that that's another thing that took away from it for me, that, that whole storyline just seems like they're really grasping at at something there like you said it would work better if they were teenagers maybe but the adult thing doesn't work um i don't know i've been searching for for things that i can find positive to say about this show but there's really not for me um i guess the 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 actor who plays the uncle walter yeah he's okay he was all right i didn't mind his scenes uh but just like the scenes in the past were boring they didn't have much to it and like i said the uh the one big action scene in this uh episode in the first episode 
I believe it was the first episode started off with like, I was excited, like, okay, here we go. We're going to finally get some fighting. And just like the, I don't know if it was the choreography or the CGI or whatever. It just looked so, it just looked bad, man. Like I'm trying not to be a snob about it, but, but, uh, too many cuts. They were just cut, 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 cut. And they were bringing in characters and you're just like, I don't know who any of these people are. And you just have them running in like random. It's, it's the flaws that the later X-Men movies had where they would just introduce a lot of characters who had the power that the X-Men needed to get them out of the jam, but you didn't know their name was or what their power actually was. It was just like, oh, well, this door's locked. So, you know, let's bring in someone who can walk through walls to unlock the door from the other side, but we'll never see them again. And that's what this felt like, where you just had 15, 16 superheroes all fly in, shooting something, hitting the ground. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Even when we were in the second episode and they're at the funeral and they're dropping names, I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. They had to show flash the faces up of the people who died just because you had no idea they died. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know the one kid with the fire hands was one of the ones who got killed. I was like, Oh, they killed him. I guess. I only saw the one girl that blatantly got killed because the dude was holding her head in his hand. Yeah. That's the only, and I still didn't know who it was. No. Yeah. They wanted us to care or have like an emotional investment in the funeral scene. But like, we don't, like you said, we don't even know these people even like, those who read the comic, it, it doesn't, you're supposed to care. You're supposed to care more. You know what I mean? Like, that's why we cared about what happened in Invincible in the first season. They like, at least let you know those characters a little more, however briefly, but like, that was more of an impactful scene to me than, than what we got here. Just like there was no uh, setup and I don't know. It just seems like a poor, it was a poor way to go about things. And I know Mark Miller has said, he wanted this to be on par with like, or he did say this was going to be on par with like Marvel and DC adaptations. But I'm, I'm sad to tell you, Mark Millar, you kind of missed Mark Miller. You missed the mark here. Uh, and I know he's got his huge Netflix deal with his whole Miller world thing. But to me, this is a, a poor start to that. And uh, I'll give, I'll give other iterations of his work a chance like i do everything i always go and i try to go with an open mind and i won't let this deter me from watching future stuff but yeah this to me was just a bad start now this one was plagued with it seemed like it had creative issues behind the scenes i know they were doing reshoots like earlier this year to try to fit stuff in and you could tell the rough cuts the what seemed like unfinished cgi or just uninspired cgi like i said and i think it hit with bad timing it came right after Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, which were obviously top-notch production. And then even Invincible came out of nowhere and told a very similar type of story way more convincingly, even though it wasn't animated, you know, cartoon. And some people will look over it for that. But they hit a lot of the same themes of superheroes and their responsibilities. And they hit it way better as a cartoon And then they even handled the violence better. They handled the brutality. They handled the shocking nature better. Where Jupiter's Legacy did, you know, watching that scene, I'm just like, are they going for violence? Because they're not being violent enough if that's what they're going for. But then when they did, it didn't, you didn't have a shock value with it. They didn't shock me when they were being violent. It just was like, oh, that seat looks cheap, you know? And even when uh, the sun bashed in the dude's face, which then makes me wonder, I mean, all of those people were fighting. There's 20 superheroes there fighting this one bad guy, all punching him in the face. So what was different about the one dude's punch that caved in his face? I like all of a sudden that. 
he finally got super mad. We're supposed to believe he got mad enough that his punch was more powerful to to kill this uh, dark side Thanos wannabe guy. <laughs> Which then the only intriguing story because in the two episodes that I watched, there is no story. They they didn't. I have no idea what the story is. I know in the 1920s they're talking about how these guys got their powers. Okay, I guess it's a story, but at the same time, once again, that's like an episode flashback episode that you could tell in 30 minutes. And why is this the right. full, why is this going to be an arc that I have to keep going back to? And yeah. then what is the, you know, so there's no story in this. I don't know who the characters are. I don't know who um, to root for. I don't know who the protagonist is versus the antagonist. I don't know what they want me to feel. A lot of times you can tell that who's supposed to be the good guy, who's supposed to be the bad guy. It seems like they just want you to make up your own opinion, I guess. But then the only intriguing thread is they had that big bad guy. He got his face caved in and then they realized, hey, the guy he was supposed to be that we thought we were fighting is still in prison. So who's this guy? And in the entire second episode, they never talked about it. Right. You know, that, so then they had that was like the stinger of the yeah. first episode. You you felt like you would get more info about that. Um, and the, like you said, it never came up again. So it's just like it's all over the place, man. It's a it's a mess storytelling wise. And yeah. uh yeah it's crazy and i i agree with the makeup and the wigs um when you look at it it looked fine like they did a good job looking at josh dumal's face and stuff like they put a lot of work into making him look older my problem is is they did the exact same thing to every character that was supposed to be old so when they were all sitting at the dinner table you saw all of these people in these gray wigs the dudes had these big beards so they looked different than their younger it just looked like they were they were screaming at you like look at the makeup instead of making it be subtle and just having people be cleaned up it was just why did those guys both have to have big beards i'm sure they did in the comics and that's just why or whatnot but it's like they had to try to make them look as different as possible so you could i just i don't know it just it rubbed me the wrong way it just looked comical so then the, the moments where i'm supposed to feel something i'm distracted by makeup i'm distracted by wigs I don't even know why when his dad jumped off the building and committed suicide, I laughed. And <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have, but I also knew it was obviously coming. As soon as they said the Great Depression, they're like, where's dad? He's on the roof. I'm like, okay, well, his dad's jumping off the roof. That's a no-brainer. But then even the way they handled that, the tease, and then right before his dad, come on, dad, let's go down. All right, I'll be down in a minute. Okay, that's a bad, cheap joke. Right. You know, Of course, yeah, he's about to jump off. And then Josh... I also. I also knew that 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 was coming from like the beginning because Netflix, you know, they put their little warnings at the beginning episode, like warning, this episode contains violence, suicide. I was like, oh, this episode contains suicide. Then you see that guy on the roof. You're like, well, there it is. He's going down. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, Josh Jamal, like him him going to catch his dad and then just his face when he, no, (laughs) and he screamed no. And the way that he did it to me just made me laugh because it was emotionless. Yeah, and, and he had like a high, very high pitched scream that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, it threw me off." <laughs> the, I mean, and also as far as the makeup, the the actress is Leslie Bibb playing the wife, uh, Grace Lady Liberty. Like they tried to make her look older, but she doesn't look old at all. Yeah, it's just like they put a gray different. they put a gray wig on her, and she still looks like she's thirty five years old, trying to be these twenty year olds mom. Like you don't look like their mom; you just look like they slapped a gray wig on you. It's just not that's not good. It, yeah, it's no good. I don't know what they're going for. I guess I've looked up some reviews. We are not alone in this. I mean, the majority of the reviews are pretty scathing towards this this property. 
Uh, yeah. I was looking it up halfway through the second episode. I started looking up reviews because I'm like, this can't be reviewing well. And so I started looking up reviews during the second episode and seeing that. I saw one dude tweet, which I could not find. I was telling you about it before we recorded. It's another comic book writer who tweeted out yesterday, hey, I want to go check out Jupiter's Legacy, but saw that Best of the Best is streaming on Netflix. So I'm watching that for the thousandth time. And I'll tell you what, man, when I finished watching Jupiter's Legacy, I put on Best of the Best because that movie is great. And I, I, I had more fun watching Eric Roberts and Chris Penn do karate than I did for the two hours I watched Jupiter's Legacy. Yeah, that's a uh, time better spent right there. Time much better spent. Much better. So the reviews are just not good. No idea what we're going to see because we don't know how Netflix reviews shows or re- renews shows. So whether or not we see more of this, um, at some point we may hit, if we get through it, we'll definitely come back with overall impressions. But as of right now, I don't see us touching this show because it just seems like it doesn't want to handle anything properly. I guess the main question they want to ask is should superheroes kill is, I guess, the main main question. But of course, it's also coming at a time where we're talking about in our cultural place where we are in time, we're talking a lot about police brutality which is kind of the same question as how much power is too much power. So then it's super superhero brutality now, you know? Yeah. So then it's like, I don't know. I'm like, are they going for a pay? Like, are they unaware that these topics overlap or is this supposed to be a, you know, commentary, social commentary moment in time that was like, Oh, we're so glad this is coming out now. Or is it like, crap, I wish this wasn't coming out. (laughs) I can't tell. They weren't doing it. They weren't doing the topic justice. Yeah. Mark Miller is known to, to have his work, like be his views and commentary on, on stuff that's going on in the world. So I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, I don't know. It's either way, whatever way you slice it, it's just not a great show. Like you said, we will, <clears throat> don't look forward to our uh, reviews of season or episode three and four next week. Cause I think we're going to pass as we've, we've discussed. Uh, yeah. And, but, I mean, totally don't take our word for it. Make your own opinion, watch it. Let us know what you think. You know, if you agree with us, send in your opinions, Twitter, email us, let us know. Are we totally wrong about this? Or, um, it, or do you agree with us? Is it a dumpster fire? You guys be the judge and let us know. Let us know if you guys think we should watch it and give it give it through the last few episodes. Hit us up. Hit us up. Well, it's 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 in your hands now. But if it's in our hands, we're not watching this anymore. <laughs> All right, man. This week we got a trailer, a Loki announcement that basically Wednesday is the new Friday, and Loki's release date got moved from Friday, June 11th to Wednesday, June 9th. We're getting Loki a couple days early on top of a Wednesday release instead of Friday. How does this news hit you, Don? Yeah, we got this news from the man himself, Loki himself, Tom Hiddleston, delivered this news to all of us. Uh, I don't fully understand the reason for it. Friday seems like the perfect day to me to to put these shows out. It's right before the weekend, and it seems like um, that's the day to do it. I don't know if they're going against anything else i haven't really looked into it if that's the reason even if they were you'd you'd feel like loki would be like top of the mind to like dominate whatever show decides they want to go against loki um so i mean it's cool though i mean i'll probably still wait till the weekend to watch it unless i have time on a wednesday or thursday which are always hard because i get up early for work so i don't know 
the first thing, the main thing that made me think of is how it's going to affect our podcasting schedule because I'm selfish like that. Uh, <laughs> we put out this show on Wednesdays. So in theory, if you think about it, we'll be watching the first episode and then talking about it on Saturday, releasing that episode on Wednesday. But by the time we release our episode, the second one's already out. So it's just kind of like, oh man, by the time people can hear us talk about the first episode, they can already watch the second episode, which is kind of weird. I know it's very small and people watch these shows at their own pace. So it doesn't really matter in the long run, but that's like the first thing I thought of when I saw that these were coming out Wednesdays. Me too. Me too. But I think, <laughs> and we'll find out when we hit June, but I think, I think the plan is going to be that we're going to drop our Loki commentary Sundays Ah. keep recording they're going to be bonus episodes for you guys out there so then for those six weeks or eight weeks that loki's on we're going to try to do two where you're going to have a loki centric episode and then the normal episode on wednesday so as long as we can keep up this saturday recording that's what it's going to look like come june so anybody else out there listening who was worried about that that's the fix i think i came up with and i think that's what we're going to do but don't hold me to it until it's done i gotta tell you i co-sign on this idea I'm with you on it. I, I meant to tell like you that. about it earlier. <laughs> this is news to me and you listeners at the same time. We're all getting this information together, but I'm a fan of it right at this point. Uh, I, I, I give my wholehearted approval to this idea. So I think that's what we're going to do for that. But also this week we got, and I'm going to tell you how I experienced this and it made me laugh because last week we talked about Eternals and with the Chloe Zhao's winning a, Oscar last week at the Oscars, Oscar at the Oscars. Okay. Um, with her winning, we were like, well, is Marvel going to fast track a trailer? What's going to happen? So the other morning, I can't remember what day it was at this point, but I woke up in the morning, checked out my phone, like all of us do and check an email and looking through news. And I saw Eternals teaser trailer drop. And I saw this, this some bitch was three and a half minutes. I was like, man, this is a full trailer ready to go. I was like, I couldn't believe, couldn't believe we were getting the Eternals trailer. I was all pumped up. So I turned this thing on. I'm laying in bed, one eye open, and I'm laying there watching this Eternals trailer. And all of a sudden I see like pop up when we go to the movies and I hear Stan Lee talking about, you're my brother and you're my brother. And I got a tear in my eye as I'm sitting there listening to Stan Lee talk from beyond the grave about how great it is and how you're my brother and you're my sister and everything was great. And I was like, this is great, but where the hell is the Eternals? <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. And I, I'm not, you know, so I watched this. It ended up being a trailer for Marvel Phase 4. So we got tons of drops and tons of information that came in this three and a half minute trailer. I watched it again today. Once again, brings a tear to my eye. Listening to Stan Lee, excited to go back to the movies, excited to be around people again. Uh, definitely hit all of the emotional beats it needed to hit. It was a wonderful trailer, but we got a lot of news we want to talk about in this. Um, I find it funny that people were putting out within minutes of this thing dropping, there were other YouTube people dropping our reactions to the Eternal teaser. And I'm like, man, there was about 12 seconds of Eternals footage in this damn thing. Uh, there is nothing to tease in, or talk about for the Eternals in this, but that made me laugh. What'd you think about our Marvel Phase 4 trailer, man? I'm with you. Emotional, emotional ride there from a three minute, right? not even trailer, just promo for Marvel Studios, the stand <laughs> all right it's just a promo and it like made you feel emotional uh like you said stan lee narration perfect fit like set the atmosphere set the tone uh my main takeaway from the beginning of this is like they're they're definitely putting out there and reminding you that there's a strong 
get back to the theaters when you can push because we got stuff coming and we want everyone back to the theaters you know once everything's safe and stuff's been getting better people are getting vaccinated uh restrictions are being lifted so that's kind of what they're pushing for um we want our billion dollars again yeah we want our billion dollars again and uh black widow is the first one to come out and they're kind of in a situation where they they waited as long as they could to I know they I really I know they wanted that to be a theater only release and they wanted to do that but we've already talked about it before that is coming to Disney plus also it seems like that's going to be the only one every other every other yeah. one on the list they're going to totally just be like this is a movie we want you to go to the theaters we want you to buy a ticket it's going to be worth it they're trying to make us remind us like guys it's going to be worth it to go back and it's going to be well worth the wait um like you said we we got a lot of a lot of information in there but as far as like the eternals like you said only a, a couple minutes of scene a couple little different things from some of the actors we know i totally forgot the guy uh from game of thrones i can't think of his name right now yeah. i totally forgot he was in this movie me too but he was like he was yeah he was like standing front and center there i was like oh yeah he's in it too that's another guy i know but you know angelina jolie and kumail uh standing there so <laughs> uh yeah we we didn't get much of a so i wouldn't call that a eternals trailer teaser or whatever i'll call it, it nothing. Does, yeah i would call it nothing for them it's just like letting you know it's coming it's on the list and uh but it does let you know that that movie does have stuff ready to go like they could probably drop an, an official trailer for that anytime they want that trailer's sitting there that trailer's been sitting there because that movie was supposed to come out already so you know that trailer yeah. right and like I said, I think it, it all comes down to them wanting, letting the Shang-Chi trailer breathe a little bit before they pump out another one. I mean, Eternals doesn't uh, come out till what, November? Yeah, so I'm, about to go through, I'm about to go through all of the, we got the next three years worth of movie release dates for Phase 4. And I got them all yeah. sitting right here, including let's a couple of new titles that we got. So let's jump into that. Black Widow, which, as you said, is coming out July 9th, 2021. That is the first one coming out. It's also going to be on Disney Plus for an extra 30 bucks. I think they're handling this one, actually, now looking at it, I think they're handling it perfectly. I think they're ramping up right when they're needing to, to let you know, hey, this movie's coming out. For, this is the first time I'm actually, because of the situation that we're finding ourselves in, I'm more and more getting pumped for that movie. And I've more and more thought, man, I might go to the show to see this movie and I might, you know, see this July 9th. Yeah. I bet you I can pull this off and I'm getting more and more excited for black widow. And I can tell you last year leading into black widow, I couldn't give two shits. I did not care about black widow going in last year. I'm like, why is this movie exist? Pandemic hit world changed forever. I haven't been to the movies in forever. I'm just like, no, like black widow. Woo! And, <laughs> And so July 9th, man, if I'm sitting in the movie theater, I'm not going to be surprised. So I'm, I'm more amped for Black Widow than I ever have just because it's the first one. But but I think having it be theaters on top of Disney Plus was a smart idea because they're going to get their money anyway. And I think it's going to be a success for them. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, September 3rd, 2021. Super pumped for that one. Eternals comes out November 5th, 2021. So we got three MCU movies this year still to come on top of Loki. On top of, I think, What If is this summer? On top of, don't they have one more Disney Plus show too? This year? Uh, Hawkeye? Hawkeye is supposed to be this year. And I, I don't even, I can't, I don't have the dates in front of me, but I thought maybe Miss Marvel 
that could be early next year, but we'll see. Tons of MCU this year. Oh, and we got one more. Four movies this year because I don't know how to read. Spider-Man No Way <laughs> Home comes out December 17th, 2021. So four movies. So forget everything we just said. Four movies and whatever shows we just settled on. So tons of MCU this year. Spider-Man No Way Home. Still waiting for all of that trailer to spoil everything and ruin that movie for everybody. <laughs> Uh, March 25th, 2022, we're getting Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I'm pumped for that one. Sam Raimi's directing that one. It's going to have a horror vibe. Sam Raimi is the master of horror in his own weird genre of horror comedy that he does with Army of Dead, Evil Dead, uh, Drag Me to Hell. I love all of that crap. So I'm super pumped to see what he does with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Thor, Love and Thunder comes out May 6th, 2022. Then one of the two one of the two big name reveals that we got was Black Panther 2 is now titled Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is kind of an awesome name. July yeah. 8th, 2022. What you got on that one? No, yeah, I'm a big fan of that uh name. We didn't see that until now. Yeah. Instead of just being called Black Panther 2. As it's adding good. the Yeah, adding the Wakanda Forever, that's huge. It, it kind of gives you a a feel of what they're going to go for. They're going to like if my just speculation is they're going to focus more on the the whole of Wakanda and like all the characters and, and be more of a tribute to uh, Chadwick Boseman and his portrayal. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be like about Wakanda, which I think is great. Yeah. And, and that was, that's the, really the first outside of my curiosity, giving that title on that movie has upped my anticipation. Like before I was like, well, I'm curious what they're going to do. I'm sure to be fine. I'll see it. But I wasn't really amped until outside of more curiosity. Obviously, there's a lot of question marks that need to be filled for that movie to find out what it's even going to be. But uh, that title really kind of pumped me up in the reasons that you just said. Um, And the other second title we got is The Marvels comes out November 11th, 2022. So this is the sequel to Captain Marvel. So right there, and even in the logo, if you go look at the logo, it's set up that we're going to have Captain Marvel in this, but we're also having Miss Marvel. And most likely we're going to have Blue Marvel in that because we set her up and introduced her in WandaVision, um, Monica Rambeau. Yep. Um, So this movie... once again, throw a name on that. You see what they're going to do. I'm amped for this movie, man. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's another good step forward for them, especially if they go with those three characters, as we all suspect. Like a a female centric Marvel movie is another th- more. We need more of that. Like Miss Marvel was a good start, but like doing another one where uh, it's very based on strong female leads, I think that's super important. And Miss Marvel's a young character that you know, young boys um can have had superhero <laughs> no, hold on hold on i was gonna make a point i was gonna make a point don't do that to me i was gonna make a point young young boys have always had superheroes in in their movies to like look up to and they can dress up as them as hollow for halloween and yeah. like you know be the heroes but it's important for to do that for girls as well and miss marvel is good for that wonder woman is good for that but to like keep keep going down that and keep making strong movies like that i think is super important so if what we suspect is true if that's what those three female leads are are going to be in that movie i think that's super important and uh i'm excited for that one well especially because two not not only is it three women but it's going to be different diverse it's more diverse right because you have captain marvel of course Brie larson but you have 
Blue Marvel, who's which is a black woman, and then you have Miss Marvel, who I think is she's Israeli. Yeah, Middle Eastern for Middle sure. Eastern. But yeah. So you have a lot more representation in this film as well, um, which I think will also add to that whole, like I said, give girls of all colors someone to dress up as as Halloween, you know, and you can have those groups of friends that are mixed, you know, can all be a person and not have to cast oh well you're black so you have to be winston ghostbuster right <laughs> chris you have glasses so you have to be egon you know and you you're just, totally egon you're totally egon. yeah you know you just get stuck with those things and that happens for everybody but uh it, it's kind of fun to uh yeah that's a fun way to look at that i didn't even think about that but yeah the marvels i'm pumped for that one uh ant-man and the wasp quantum mania comes out february 17 2023 I've enjoyed those Ant-Man movies more than I should have. So I'm down for that. Give me some Paul Rudd. I'm cool. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 hits May 5th, 2023, um, which should be solid. We're getting news this week that that's going to be Batista's last MCU appearance. So I don't really know where they're going with that. I haven't looked too deep in that. Have you looked into that anymore outside of just the headlines? No, I just saw the headline that he said it may be Drax's last, but... I feel like we're getting deep enough with all these characters that could be any of their last. Like James Gunn has said, this is a trilogy anyway. So outside of like the holiday special, which I think is still a thing, which we might get this year. uh, Yeah. Right. Besides the guardians of galaxy holiday special volume three is probably his last work with that anyway. Uh, And which of those actors and characters would be able to continue on without him. I know I did see a thing that, he came to Dave Batista with an idea for a um like a Drax Mantis spin-off and I don't know if Dave said he would do it or not but like you said he's out here saying this might be the end of Drax I don't find that surprising I just feel like it could be any of those characters last so Yeah and I saw another headline that said basically the the entire original Guardians of the Galaxy could be killed in this movie just because you know, right. They'll move on to whatever the next thing is, or there's enough characters to take that mantle that it doesn't matter. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy comic book has had like a huge roster of a bunch of different people. So if they wanted to do a volume four without these same characters or James Gunn not doing it, they totally could. You yeah. know, especially if it's gonna be a, yeah, they will. It's money. It's a huge money maker. And then the last one, which didn't get a date, and it wasn't even officially announced, but they threw right at the end, they threw what looked like an Avengers symbol, like a big A coming over the Marvel. But if you really looked at it, you realized it was a four, um, teasing Fantastic Four, which some some, uh, wily people online caught and noticed, and I saw it after the fact. I just thought it was an Avengers A, so I'm thinking that they were teasing a new Avengers movie coming at the end of phase four, but... It was a Fantastic Four and said, which my opinion is way more exciting to be able to actually see the first family of Marvel get done right. And coming back to our quiet place, cast me some John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm. And I'm I'm in on this movie, man. That's like no brainer casting. (laughs) It is. And ever since I heard ever since I was first made aware of that was like the big fan cast. I looked and I was like, that's perfect. If they could if they could do that, that's 100 percent perfect um we've seen it in the past like fan petitioning and fan casting actually come true but a lot of times it doesn't so i wouldn't guarantee that this would happen um but yeah that would be great like you said no date attached to it no cast but just the 
just the knowledge that this movie is coming uh, is pretty exciting because uh, we've seen the Fox iterations. The first Fantastic Four movie I thought was okay, but everything after that, I didn't even see the the reboot they did with um, Michael B. Jordan and and all those other all those other characters. I just passed that one because I knew it looked bad. We don't have to get too deep into that one, <laughs> but I uh, generally panned. I know that movie, so it's going to be nice to see Fantastic Four finally done right with Kevin Feige and uh, all the guys who really care about. Um, marvel studios like taking back control of the fantastic four so i'm super excited about that absolutely so that was the mcu phase four trailer that dropped hidden as an eternals teaser but gave (laughs) us almost so much more so one one thing i did want to mention um was it just me or did you notice that there was like no blade in this even though that movie even though that movie's already been announced they brought out Mahershala Ali on stage at at San Diego Comic-Con so like where's Blade at it's not so it's not in phase four at all or you think they might sneak it in there or what do you think is going on well I appreciate you doing this because it is a segue a perfect segue into our 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 big topic that we're going to talk about here since Cooper's legacy kind of took a dump on us but they're out there looking for a director and they want to find an African-American director to helm this movie. And so if they're looking for a director right now, means they're still way far away from getting this thing anything. I mean, I don't know where they have with the script. Bringing a director, I don't know where they're doing that. So um, I don't know where Blade fits in. I would, I would love to have Blade sooner than later because I love the Wesley Snipes one minus Trinity. And uh, seeing a new version, especially an MCU version of Blade um, with Mahashala Ali, um would be just sick like ridiculous and i'm so pumped for that movie so and especially if they can maybe sneak in an r rating on that if they could sneak totally. in an r rating on that that would be just phenomenal and i would be super pumped for that so and maybe because they want to go darker maybe because if it does go an r rating maybe they need to kind of sidestep it from the mcu a little bit and maybe that's why it doesn't get talked about I'm not quite sure, but I heard that they are having some problems trying to find a director because WB is also looking for a black director for their upcoming Superman movie. So I'm sure you've all heard this week that WB dropped some news. They are looking for a African-American director for the new Superman movie, as well as an African-American star for this movie, making uh, Superman for the first time in movie history, a black character. So this is obviously hit all kinds of different meters this week of reaction. So the big thing was that in February, they hired uh, Tanahishi. Nahishi? It's a hard name. I've written it down to say before. I think it's Tanahishi Coates. And Ta-Nahishi he's a, Coates, yeah. Yeah, he's a renowned author um, we've talked about, has a lot of books like Between the World and Me, and also has a very highly regarded Black Panther run he just did. Uh, wrote Captain America is currently writing Captain America, which I read every month. So yeah, he's a, he's a big deal to get to uh, script this. Yeah. So he set the script. Uh, the script is due in December. So obviously so much can change between then and now WB decided today to, or not today, but earlier this week to drop 
this news that he was writing this script and they're looking for the black actor and the black director to star in this movie. Then there were lots of rumors coming out and mixed messages, but seemed the most consistent seemed to be that this will be a Clark Kent Pal L story. And it may even be a 20th century period piece that'll allow Superman to be placed in the middle of the civil rights movement. And uh, WB dropped this news on Henry Cavill's birthday, <laughs> which pissed off a lot of fans. And we have lots of drama that's fallen from that. Yeah, yeah. Woo. And uh, so this kind of lots of stuff. It's hard to really dig too deep because everything is speculation and rumors at this moment. You don't really know outside of the fact that they want Superman to be black in this movie. Yeah, that's a good setup, man. Uh, like you said, it's hard to wade through all the rumors because you don't know what's true and what's not them saying that they want this to be a Clark Kent story, but want to cast a black actor is controversial. That's, that's the, the word you look for, but then they want, they want a African-American Superman. And for those who've read comics and know there have been African-American Supermans and other takes of the character, like Calvin Ellis, Mm-hmm. is a perfect candidate if they wanted to go that route he's a earth two superman he was created by grant morrison and doug mankey uh for an apocalyptic tale they had called final crisis and um i think if you look pretty deep it, it seemed like grant morrison was inspired by uh barack obama for this because he's like president superman he's a president yeah, and he's he superman is. at the same time and then besides that, you, there's another character that in more recent history, Val Zod, which is created by Tom Taylor, an actor we've, or actor, a creator we've talked about a lot, Tom Taylor, him and Nicola Scott did a 2014 uh, Earth 2 story. And, uh, you know, Tom Taylor has said, I mean, it, it was a well-received story. I've never read it. It is on my list of things that I would like to read. But he said, you know, everyone does deserve heroes and deserves to see themselves in their heroes. So Warner Brothers, with this idea to have Black Superman, I can totally understand where they are coming from. And it is a good at heart idea. I just have always wanted to make sure that they are doing it for the right reasons. And it's not just like a PR move to like appease whoever they think they're trying to appease. It's very hard to it's a sensitive subject because you have the history of characters which you want to honor, but you also want to like move forward and like make changes and not be afraid of change. So it's hard. I don't want people to feel like they're, they're going to receive hatred for wanting it one way or another. Like if you want a Superman movie where it's the Clark Kent, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you also want them to go in a different direction and give you a new story with, um, changes there should be nothing wrong with that either so i think i don't know man it's a delicate situation like i personally regardless of of race or whatever like i've said this before on the show i'm a black man so like i could go a ton of different ways on this but like a superman movie to me i just want a new henry cavill (laughs) i just want a new henry cavill superman movie because i love him as clark kent that's that would be my first choice yeah but they're not going to do that. I'm going to see a Superman movie either way. Like no matter what they do, as long as the story looks good, I'm a big fan of the character. We've seen studios make, take liberties and make changes in things before, like the Miles Morales character that we got in, uh, into the Spider-Verse. 
people who didn't know about that character when they first saw that trailer were probably like black kid spider-man what is this that movie was probably one of the best superhero movies to come out in the past i don't know how long so accepting change i feel is good it's not gonna appease everybody you're gonna have your complainers and you're gonna have people out there petitioning like you said and this isn't my superman and this isn't my spider-man and these aren't the comics i was raised on but i mean if you don't accept change and understand why they're making these decisions it's just gonna be i mean you're just stuck in your ways then go watch you know movies that were made in the 70s and go read your 70s they were doing this in the comics too riri williams is the new iron iron man she's iron heart we're gonna have a disney show about her you may not want to watch that you know what i'm saying so i don't know those are just like my initial thoughts what does this strike you like this news like what do you feel about it the gamble that they're running based on coming off of what you said and just this news in general the gamble that they're running is like I said miles morales yeah a lot of the general audience might not have known who miles morales is and might have said oh a black you know spider-man and then you watch the movie and realize he's half puerto rican he's speaking spanish and you know he's hitting it you know so then you might be like oh man this is so cool i never thought i'd see this and it was super successful but that's also based on something that exists so here if all of a sudden you're like well we're going to do clark kent and kal-el and we're going to tell that story again but we're going to urbanize it or we're going to do something like that then you're really opening up the door to to divide the audience you know and you start doing this like it comes back to that question of like race bending and you start recasting notorious characters with different races, which sometimes it doesn't matter. We're coming up with this with uh, um, Jeffrey Wright being cast as commissioner Gordon in the new Batman movie and people, you know, having their, Oh, Jim Gordon's white. So he can't be Jeffrey Wright's awesome. So I, that one, it's just like, I'm down with that. He looked, I can, I can hundred percent see that casting work that just works for me, but, Jim Gordon's kind of a secondary character. So I think that there's that. Now you're talking Clark Kent. So now are, are you going to retell? Is he going to get a completely new origin story? Do we have to sit through another Superman origin story? Is he still going to be a Kansas boy on a farm? There's so many different ways that they could go yeah. with that, that it's just like you're now changing the character and the story. And when you have Kevin, Calvin Ellis and you have established characters that are black, that you can that can be Superman and you can have a Superman movie and have it be Calvin Ellis. It just seems like a no brainer to do it that way. And so it just yeah. kind of seems like you're just risking, like you did Calvin Ellis. I think you would have 75%, 80% of the comic book fanboys be like, I'm down for this. Calvin Ellis is making the big screen tweet. I'm be pumped for that. But then once you say, Hey, it's going to be Clark Kent. Now all of a sudden you're dividing it more because then you're sitting there. You have more people that are going to be, Oh, that's not, like you said, that's not my Superman. That's not this. And then, of course, you have the WB on top of all of it, who you don't can't tell if they're even genuine for this idea. Yeah, they may be putting the right people in place, but are they just doing it because they're getting such bad PR with Ray Fisher coming off of Justice League, calling the studio racist, all these stories coming out about how they didn't want Black Green Lanterns and all of these other things. So you don't know if they're genuine or not, but then does it matter if the story is told? If they tell a good story, if they put Superman in the middle of, they tell a good story with this version of Clark Kent and he's in civil rights movement and they make it a period piece and the story's good. 
does the motivations matter as much? You know, and there are a million questions. Not, nobody has answered for any of these questions. It's just in your heart what you're going to do. I'm down for a Superman regardless. You cast Michael B. Jordan as Superman. I'm going to be there first minute. You know, like I didn't yeah. know that Michael B. Jordan was cast as the Human Torch. It didn't bother me one bit at all. So, I mean, realistically, it doesn't really Right. one way or another i'm more curious of what the story is going to be and try to see how they're actually going to change this how they're going to change it to make it work and if that's going to work and that's the weird part i think is when you have black characters that you can do what you want them to do then i don't know why risk changing established characters yeah totally i i, I hope that i i honestly hope that they do if the rumors are true of them wanting this still to be a Clark Kent story. I hope those, I hope they can consider flipping on that. I think a Calvin Ellis story would be worth telling. And like you said, he's his own character with his own history and they can just dive into that and like put him in the spotlight. I really don't find the need for them to um, make Clark, Clark Kent black, Superman black thumbs up. Got it. I love it. I'll see it. Right. Right. There it is. Clark. Yeah. Superman black. Great. Clark Kent story black. Like it seems like there's, there's other routes you can go and they have the stories there to do it. Do a black Superman. That's not Clark Kent. I mean, that's just where I sit right now. So, I mean, bottom line is it doesn't make someone a racist to not say they, they want a black Clark, Clark Kent. I think that's fine. I hope people are open-minded to, um, them doing a black Superman, but just do it in like, let him forge his own path and like, let his stories be new and fresh. We've had like a ton of, a bunch of Superman and Clark Kent stories already. So if this is the route they've decided they want to go and this is the idea they want to do, then great. But just let it be an original, you know, an original story that's fresh and new and not just like seeming to be like woke or uh, appeasing to, to people to make some kind of impression just for the sake of doing that. I don't know. Yeah. Black Panther made a bunch of money. And so we want our Black Panthers. So we're going to make Superman, who's our biggest character, Black, and we're going to do that. And we're like, well, that's not the same because once again, Black Panther has decades of backstory and legacy to build upon to tell a good story and to do that. Plus, there was a lot of build to get there and they took their time and did what they needed to do. This just smacks of, we want to see what they're doing over there. Hey, look what look what Marvel's doing. So let's do that. Oh, they just made Captain America Black, so we got to make Superman Black. And that's just what it screams of. It's like they're just trying to hop on that. Well, that was a 10-year journey to get Sam to the mantle of being Captain America. And then we just watched six episodes, six hours worth of programming to get him to even want to take the mantle. So now all of a sudden you're just going to throw a movie at me where you're just like, oh, here we are. And like, that's, I don't know, you're just not, you're doing it a disservice um, by making that big move like that. And then I also think to a point, it's a disservice to people in general like when as we talked about with like the marvels and we talked about having little girls have someone dress up as for halloween and have someone that's representation as you said i think grant morrison you said said everyone should see themselves up on the screen and that was tom tom taylor tom taylor said that tom taylor yep and it's true that they should and like i said not have nothing wrong with a black superman but 
isn't it a disservice to those kids when all of a sudden you take a character that they know to be white and just make them black? Or when you have characters, as you said, with Kelvin Ellis, it's like you have these characters. So why try to change? It just seems so lazy to me. It's just like, why don't you tell these stories and create characters that they can be proud of, people of color can be proud of, that they can want to look towards and be, you know, like I said, you had T'Challa that everybody grew to because he was a strong character, a strong black man, king character who was doing his thing. And if you just took Captain America and just cast a black man as Captain America with all of his same history, it's not the same thing. It's not the yeah. same. It's not the same type of diversity. It's the representation off, you know, it's like create a character that fits that people of color can look and say, that's my Superman. It's just weird, but to me, I just see it seems like a disservice, and it just seems like the lazy way to to do it. And hopefully, it changes once again. Script's not due till December, so time can change. Yeah, like we said, this all DC then probably just needs to look more inward as to why they haven't had enough right. uh, different, you know, different representation of their characters in the first place. I mean, Marvel has the same problem, but I mean, Black Panther has years and years of stories and. Um, was a strong candidate for a movie that was super successful and super touched a lot, spoke to a lot of people like DC, when you think about it, doesn't have really that same way. So now they're like trying to make these last minute, quick, quick fix. They're like trying to do a quick fix. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. But Marvel had, when they've done moments like this, they've had stories and characters that build to those moments. You right. build to that moment. You they built to Sam taking the mantle of Captain America. You have these yeah. characters build to this mantle. That's how you do that. When Sam became Captain America, he was an established character as Falcon. He became Captain America. You know when when you had what's her face with Ironheart. You know she just they didn't just say okay Tony Stark's now going to be a woman. Right. You don't just you just don't do that. You create characters and you build them up to that point. And then when if you do it right, fans are going to respect it and like it so if you build towards it then it pays off but if you just do it if marvel just was like all right we're gonna do a new hulk movie and bruce banner (laughs) is going to be a woman and now 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 the skin color is pink she's pink yeah it's gonna be hulk's gonna be pink when you watch (laughs) immortal hulk because uh you know bruce is a woman now and you know this is just how it's gonna be and you're like people are gonna be like what the hell what are you talking about this doesn't make any sense but if you build up a character to take the mantle, and you're like, now when you read the Immortal Hulk, it's going to be this new character, Jenny Jones, who took the mantle from Bruce because of this experiment. You know, it's like you build and you make it worth it. And just by casting someone to be in your Superman, just saying, hey, we have a black Superman, just doesn't do the character or the people that you want to serve by doing this. It's just not the same. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. So... I mean, I don't, I don't know. At, at the end of the day, I'm interested to get more facts behind yes, what's yeah. going on. Like we're speaking on a lot of rumors. There's a lot of speculation out there, but until we get some more like facts, we're still a long way off from this movie. Uh, but it has raised a lot of, has caused a lot of conversation here in the past couple of days. That's why we wanted to talk about it. So I don't know. We'll, we'll definitely revisit this subject. I'm sure when we get more information, get a I'm, director and a lead and, yeah. and, there's there's some news right there yeah truth behind is this a clark kent story is this a calvin ellis is this a val zod all that's still got to come so i guess it's just we're in wait and see mode at this point we're gonna finish up this show last 
last, I guess. I was going to say last week, but that's not right. We're going to finish the show with what we are geeking out on. We got some good stuff, watched some good stuff, read some good stuff. So, Don, what's your geeking out on, man? My geeking out for this week do include um, first place I'm going to go is the Bat Family books currently running through DC. Uh, me and Chris have spoken recently about um, we both read Batman comics pretty loyally throughout the years. But uh, with the change from Scott Snyder, then it went to Tom King. We were all through that. But then uh, after Tom King got, that's a whole nother topic right there is Tom King's ouster from the Batman comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Tom King's run, they went to James Tinian who I do enjoy James, James Tinian as a writer because coincidentally enough, he writes the book I've been raving about the past few episodes here. Something is killing the children. That's his book. And I love that book, but him as a Batman writer, I just was not, the stories just didn't resonate with me the same way. He did a lot of uh, um, creating his own characters, which I understand writers want to do, but it just didn't hit me the same way as like Tom King's Scott Snyder's run. So I did end up dropping Batman as I, as I know you did as well, but I have always been a big fan of Batman. He's my favorite DC character. So like, I always have a hankering to read Batman books. So uh, the absence of Batman left like a hole that I needed to fill. Well, the first one to fill it is Batman Catwoman, which we've both been reading since issue one. I think they're on issue five. Now it's a 12 issue series. And this is Tom King's way of getting to finish his story that he started that he didn't get to fully finish. And uh, I've, I've been loving Batman Catwoman. Uh, for those who don't know, it also involves Phantasm, which is a character who was introduced in Batman Mask of the Phantasm uh, animated movie connected to the 90s animated series fantastic movie i'm sure i don't need to tell a lot of our listeners about it i'm sure you all know about it but a great movie uh but batman catwoman has been great so far a lot of time jumping there with uh joker and catwoman and batman going through like three different time periods back and forth and if you're a fan of tom king's batman run this is like a straight up continuation of that so there's that uh also nightwing as i've talked about before the second issue came out i know i think chris got to finally get his issues of nightwing and uh this is tom taylor doing great stuff still the art is great it's a great start to the story uh i like nightwing as a lead character like on out on his own not in batman's shadow in his own town uh in his own city bloodhaven um and then there was new issues this week. Um, Robin started Robin number one, and this is Damian Wayne as uh, Robin. And in my opinion, the best Robin don't at me. I know you're, I know a lot of people, <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like Damian uh, or don't think he's the best Robin. Cause we got Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Jason Todd, Damian Wayne's the last one. He's Bruce's son. A lot of people are like, who's this Damian Wayne kid? He's so arrogant. He's so whatever. I love Damian. And this is his first uh, series by himself. Uh, So it's written by Joshua Williamson and art by Gleb Melnikos. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But uh, it basically deals with Damian is reeling after Alfred's death. 
spoiler, sorry, I didn't give a spoiler warning there before, but during Tom King's run, Alfred was killed by Bane. And uh, DC did decide to keep Alfred dead. Uh, they did, have not revived him, which is cool. I th- I'm glad they're like, because we all know comic books tend to bring people back super quick. Uh, but Alfred is still dead. Rest in peace, Alfred. Uh, but Damien does is reeling after Alfred's death, so he leaves Gotham without a trace at the beginning of this. Batman can't find him. Uh, Barbara Gordon, who's now Oracle, she's not Batgirl anymore. She's looking for him. They can't find him. Uh, he's, it seems, and then you can, and then Damien, you can, if you read further, Damien is in search of the League of Lazarus, which is like those who know Damien Wayne, he is the son of Bruce Wayne and Talia Al Ghul. Uh, so he's in the search of, you can't tell if he's looking for his mom, Talia, or Raj Al Ghul, who's his grandfather. Uh, but he enters this tournament on Lazarus Island and it kind of has this moral combat feel when they're going through the book because it's like the greatest fighters will fight and you'll learn the secrets of Lazarus Island. So um, I don't know. I'm totally into this book. Robin, like I said, Damien's one of my favorite characters. So I'm excited to see where this goes. There's a big surprise on the last page. I won't spoil it for those of you who want to read it. Um. But yeah, totally good book. And the one other Batman book that did come out is I've talked about Tom Taylor a few times. He's like one of the hottest writers in comics right now. Um, he has a new Batman book, which is also helping fill my Batman void called Batman the Detective. Uh, it's a six issue miniseries. Originally was going to be called Batman Dark Knight, but they changed it to the detective and i think the reason is there's been a ton of stuff called the dark knight you got movies and comic books already under that name uh so this book's called the detective it's written by tom Taylor or tom taylor and art by andy kubert i think it's only six issues and this is batman leaving gotham city because he's also reeling from uh alfred's death alfred's death has been like going throughout the entire bat family uh, he leaves He leaves Gotham to go to England to investigate a mysterious plane crash um, that doesn't really make sense to him. And here we meet characters like Knight and Squire, who you might know from Batman Incorporated. And they're like Batman affiliates who operate out of England. Uh, superheroes named Knight and Squire. And he kind of works with them to get to the bottom of this plane crash. Um and the big thing Batman eventually finds out is everyone who died on this plane crash are people that he has saved in the past. So whoever caused this plane to crash is killing the people that Batman has saved. And it's this huge mystery. And I like it because Batman has a lot of inner dialogue throughout this entire issue where he's like, narrating to himself and i love that when they go that route with batman because it brings out more of the detective in him i like books where he has to solve mysteries he's not just beating up bank robbers and beating up you know two-face and the riddler where he actually has to solve a mystery that us as readers are solving along with him so that's why i think this is good so i definitely um recommend this book to anybody who is a fan of that Uh, and the last thing i'll talk about is a comic by image comics called the silver coin uh silver coin is a horror anthology series um and the weird thing about this book is when you have an anthology series you usually think a writer 
and then a bunch of different artists. Well, this book is one artist and then a bunch of different writers, which they usually don't go that route. So the artist on this is Michael Walsh. Uh, he's known for Black Hammer and a lot of different things like that. And he wanted to do a horror book and get a bunch of his friends to come in and do it with him. So the first issue is by uh, Chip Zdarsky, who we, we've also talked about a lot. And um, in the future, it's been solicited that the other uh, writers are going to be Kelly Thompson, Ed Brison, and Jeff Lemire are all going to participate in this. Uh, I think it's only a six issue thing, but they're, every book is going to be connected. So the silver coin, just to like briefly go through it, the silver coin is basically a new take on the monkey's paw where it's this coin where whoever finds it, whatever they want to happen good in their life happens, but there's a huge price to pay. Uh, the first issue that chip wrote is like about this um, struggling rock band in the seventies who are being replaced by disco, like disco is taking over and rock music doesn't matter anymore. And they're all passionate about it. Well, the, the guitarist of this band finds this silver coin in like his mom's old belongings, his mom who left them. So at band practice, like the next day, he picks up the silver coin when he can't find a pick. And they're like, oh, just use the coin to play the guitar. And all of a sudden he's like the best guitar player in the world and uh shows they were playing before only in front of one bartender now they're playing in front of like hundreds of people because he's this badass guitar player and their band is the best and they're about to get this record deal uh but as you'll read in the story like some bad things happen because of this uh i won't spoil it again won't spoil it for those who want to read it but uh issue two which i didn't pick up which i think is already out written by kelly thompson is a totally different story but it's another story about somebody who else who picks up this coin and how they're going to connect to issue one i'm excited to see um so yeah definitely recommend it the silver coin pick it up in your local comic stores wherever you get your comics uh so that's what i've been geeking out on this week nice man nice man and just to add something into that when you're talking about your robins i think and i could be wrong but I think you you also missed uh, Carrie Kelly. Oh yeah, I do leave those out from time to time. There's Carrie Kelly's been was she was the one from The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always forget that one because that's kind of like a Elseworld story. But yeah, she's been Robin too. She's, I think, she's got uh, her fans too. So I mean, if you're gonna you know, piss off definitely. all the Robin Robin fans, don't <laughs> leave one out. <laughs> I do. I do not want to piss off the Robin fans. That's what I don't want to do. I think Stephanie Brown has actually been Robin too, and she was a Batgirl later. But I think she was a Robin for a minute. So yeah, I don't want to leave those out. No, absolutely. You're right. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, man. I I was caught off guard getting a lot of seeing a lot of different articles of Mortal Kombat being in movie theaters, but all of a sudden it was getting a run for its money by some anime movie called Demon Slayer. And uh, so I was like, what the hell is this Demon Slayer? Because after the second week of Mortal Kombat in theaters last weekend, Demon Slayer overtook it and became the number one movie in America and is breaking all of these records for a foreign movie, making the most money. I'm like, what is this? So I looked it up and uh, apparently it's an anime called Demon Slayer. And the first season is on Netflix. So I put it on and now I've watched 21 episodes this week, um, trying to get through the first season to debating about going to the movies. Uh, I have some friends that wanted to go. So debating about going to the movies to see Demon Slayer, the animated uh, anime. Um, I'm enjoying the show so far. Um, 
I've getting gotten this far. The little arcs that they do throughout the anime, obviously it's got all its anime things and crazy animations and crazy culture shifts and stuff that, you know, if you watch anime, you know, and if you don't, you're like, what are they doing? But uh, Demon Slayer is just the story of this kid whose family gets slaughtered by a demon. His sister gets turned into a demon who eats people but then he finds out like as he pleads with her and it's like please don't eat me and please don't do this she starts to protect him so something's different with this relationship so he goes on this journey to try to figure out how to turn his sister back into a human and along the way he learns meets up with the demon uh the demon slayer core and learns and fights to become a demon slayer in very limited capacity and then he goes on hunting demons and trying to find a cure for his sister's uh, demonism, I guess. Um, I've enjoyed the first, I mean, the first 21 episodes or whatever I watch is I think 26 episodes up on Netflix. They're like 18 minute episodes. So it's really easy to just put on and watch. If you're an anime fan, chances are you're probably already watched this show because anybody who I mentioned this one to, I mentioned Invincible to a whole bunch of people and people are like, I've never heard of it. I mentioned Demon Slayer to some people and they're like, oh yeah, I already watched that and saw the movie. So who knows about that one, but that one I really enjoyed um, so far. And if you're our big anime fan, you should probably check that out. It's over on Netflix right now. I also, yesterday they dropped it. I watched about three minutes of the first episode of Jupiter's Legacy, stopped it to eat some dinner because I like to watch lighthearted stuff while I eat. I don't like to watch heavy, like try to focus while I'm eating. That's like you watch the sitcoms and the comedies. But if you have Apple TV, Mystic Quest just started their second uh, season. And that show's hilarious. And the second season so far is off. They dropped the first two episodes yesterday and watched them up. And they are, that's just a hilarious show with Rob McElhaney from Always Sunny and Danny Pewdy from uh, Community. And uh, it's just, it's co-run with like Ubisoft. So it's very video game centric, but it's basically about this team of people that run an MMO. So just a big, massive online game. And then they just make fun of all kinds of stuff. And you have all the different characters that run around this office as they try to figure out how to create their game. Um, and if you have Apple TV, I know that's hit or miss, but they actually have some pretty high quality programs on that for the five bucks a month. I have a free year for getting a phone last year. So I'm, I'm about to run out on that. So we'll see if I stay subscribed. But Mythic Quest is definitely one to check out if you're just looking for a you know, little half an hour raunchy comedy. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about is I finished up the second arc of Philadelphia, and man, the first this this book they just like said twelve issues. I think already or relatively soon the second uh, trade is going to come out. So the whole uh, both arcs are now going to be out in a collection to be able to read. Um, the next third arc doesn't start I think till May twenty seventh. So you actually have some time to catch up if that's anything you're interested in. But it's basically a vampire story written by here uh rodney barnes and drawn by jason sean alexander and i really enjoyed this book like the art just kind of pops at you and it's just this vampire story i really can't go too deep without massive spoilers but it's just these vampires in philadelphia just taken over and then you have the main character as a detective and lots of weird stuff just happens he's trying to figure out how to stop these vampires from overrunning the city and then it has a lot of political and cultural sub stories and just other things they kind of dive back to the past and the history of these vampires in this area so it goes back to you know founding father's time and a lot of cool stuff going around and the kind of alternate history 
is what they're writing, which is kind of cool showing vampires influencing our American politics and history. And then uh, they do touch on you know slavery and just a lot of stuff going on in that region at that time, uh, back during the founding fathers. But then they go to present day where these vampires are coming out and destroying the city and having a lot of stuff. And the second arc had some good twists and turns. And I really, finishing that this week, um, had a really good time with that. And I'm definitely pumped for the third arc of that one. I'm definitely still in on that one. But just, I want to look up more. Rodney Barnes, I know, wrote, um, he wrote something else I just saw that I wanted to read. But I can't remember what it is off the top of my head now. I think it was in the back of this book, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Philadelphia has been on my list of things to read. I always see it at the comic shop and it does look interesting. I was uh always holding that as uh, as a trade weight. So, yeah, I your description makes it sound cool. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cooler than I'm describing it because I don't want to give anything away. Like there are some things where I was like, especially when you start twisting with the alternate history, you're just like, "Damn, they're really going all out." And uh, I I really I, like I said, I like the art. It's got kind of a realistic fantasy style and it really goes all out with the art, but it's definitely, especially when you're looking for something different in a horror book, it's a, it's a solid vampire book. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. And Philadelphia, what a title right there. If you can be that clever with your title, I'll definitely give you a shot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. You couldn't surprised it hasn't been done before. Right. Right. But I think that's going to wrap us up this week, unless you got anything else, Don. Y'all talked out? Oh, yeah. I think we got hit all our uh, main topics today. And, uh, yeah, man, it's been a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we won't be back next week with Jupiter's Legacy because I ain't watching that anymore. <laughs> nope. Unless you guys come out in full force going, you guys need to watch this to the end. I don't think we're touching it anytime soon. Um, like I said, maybe maybe if we finish it, we'll give you a final thoughts on if it ever redeemed itself. But from the sound of the reviews, I don't think it's going to. No, I think we're going to start getting ourselves amped up for uh, Army of the Dead coming up pretty soon, and we might get into some of that. And yep, we got we that might, on the docket. We got plenty of plenty of content coming up. Plenty of content coming up. Yeah, we might have a, we might be talking zombies next week. So definitely, if you have a zombie movie that you would love to hear us talk about, or what you think is your favorite shoot us an email over at raisedageek at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at raisedageek. Let us know what your favorite zombie movies is as we're trying to figure out if that's what we want to talk about with Army of the Dead next week. And if you give us some good stuff, we might not be able to resist. But Most definitely, most definitely. That's going to wrap us up this week. So until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. Thanks for listening to the Raised a Geek podcast. Where we all speak geek.